You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. As the twilight's doubtful interval closes with night's accomplished certainty, a wizard wind grows crying eerily, and in the glade unsteady shadows crawl time to trees whose voices rear and fall, as with some dreadful witch's ecstasy flung upward to the dark, whence glittering free the crooked moon impended over all. Twin veils of covered cloud and silence thrown across the moment and sound of things make blank the night till the broken west, the moon's ensangled blade while is shown. The night grows whole again, the shadows rest, gathering beneath a greater shadow's wing. You're in the Sandman Lullabies here on RPA, Real Paranormal Activity. I'd like to thank each and every one of you duders. I use the word duders because that's uh, universal. I call guys duders. I call girls duders. And I like to call this lady sitting across from me. Yeah, she's my special duder. That's luscious lady Lisa. What's up, girl? Hey, just, you know... Cleaning off the snot, you know, off my nose oh my from God. a extreme two weeks I've had, which I'm gonna have another one, another oh, one, and it's another. Not, and a it's bunch not that bad. We uh, we are in the studio, and I nothing and nothing is working. I've been running around like a madman, trying studios all over the place, trying to get different microphones to work, and nothing is working. But it's, so I'm going to try to see if this works because I can't let this interview go by. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason, well, 
seriously, because don't you remember when we interview psychics and mediums and ghost investigators? Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, but something always goes wrong in the studio. Something does. Well, also the moon has been a Mercury and retrograde, and then there is new moon. So there's like a lot of stuff that's been going on, and every time that happens, also there's always some type of technical malfunction, like even with myself. Well, I remember one yeah. time when we interviewed. Yes. Yeah. Well, was it that Marie? Yeah, I got trapped yeah. inside the uh, the the studio yeah, door and I couldn't get through. So many things that were happening, like everything just kept malfunctioning. It was a little out of the ordinary, not so out of the ordinary, but more than usual. You, you usually get like maybe one or two malfunctions Dude, here. That's no, like I've it. had nothing but malfunctions as soon as I tra- started trying I know. to do this. Also, the what is it? I don't know if it's happening now. I know there's supposed to be like some type of solar flare or something too, or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Let me ask. There's me, a, like a lot of things. Let me happening. ask Cotter. Cotter, are you Cotter! there? Hey, how's it going? What's up? Uh, do, now, asking you, do you study the paranormal a little bit, right? Yeah, I tend to dabble as much as I can. Well, you you you're a, you're a writer and you're a dreamer, but the thing is, uh, it does that. Do you think the paranormal in the music industry, since you're you know you're in the band Stepping Sideways, that's out of uh, New Orleans? Did I say that right? New Orleans. New Orleans. Do you think a lot of uh, paranormal uh, terminology and stuff goes into a lot of the music nowadays? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I know, especially like taking the place that I'm from, uh, New Orleans is huge in the paranormal area. And on top of that, a lot of the music tends to be more of the, like, what would you like to say, the metaphysical in, in, in itself, you know? So a lot, of, a lot of people, when they creatively, you know, make all the music that they can, they tend to try to ask the bigger questions of themselves. You can't help it, you know, so... But you, with your music, you put your dreams into your music. Yes, sir. Okay. Absolutely. And tell me about, because one thing that I just recently learned, besides doing like the music and the the writing of the lyrics, you actually write books according, you're writing storylines according to the albums? Yes. Now, how's that working out? I mean, where did you get this concept from? <laughs> well, uh, it's actually... A really crazy story. So when I was younger, um, my mother and I, we were uh, in a very bad car accident. We were hit by a Pepsi truck. And um, I had to, you know, I got on some medication to try to reduce swelling. And uh, it gave me waking nightmares. So I would go to sleep. And right when I would go to sleep, I would literally wake up in a dream that I didn't even know was a dream. I would think that, you know, I was awake, but uh, it was just all sorts of just insane situations happening, you know, based on my subconscious. And eventually, you know, I developed insomnia, you know, towards that. But uh, afterwards, you know, after a little delving and everything, I started understanding that a lot of the stuff that was happening was sleep paralysis. You know, I was going in and out of sleep paralysis. So, you know, through different methods and different research, I started learning, you know, different forms of meditation to kind of break myself out of that. And uh, it allowed it allowed me personally to start having extremely vivid dreams. Uh, going towards you know, the end of lucid dreaming, uh, sleep paralysis became a normal and natural thing. Um, I based most of my story work off of dreams that I had had or concepts that I had developed while in that state. So the, when you were going through the sleep paralysis, was this the same type 
with the hag sitting on top of you, or how how did that you go? Know, that only happened. I, I've never. More for me, it was hearing voices and uh, like a big thing for me was like you know I'd be I'd be like in my bed and I would feel myself like sliding into my bed, you know, going down into it, and uh, you know I couldn't move. I could open my eyes, but I normally I would always hear like voices uh, whispering. Uh, a lot of the time, actually, I would end up hearing my name, and you know, at first it was very terrifying. But oh, I can uh, imagine! I can imagine. Yeah, once I started doing research on it, I started understanding that sleep paralysis was more of the autonomous setup between your mind and your brain, trying to understand where one was asleep. I kind of understood for myself personally that it wasn't something to be afraid of, and when I kind of came to that realization, I stopped doing it. And uh, from then on, it, it never did that to me again. Did you ever run into any other entities while you're, uh, well, you said you astral project too, right? Well, I mean, I guess that would be under a circumstance of what it is necessarily, but I have definitely been in some crazy circumstances in the dream state, so. So did you run into certain creatures or anything like that that you actually remember? Well, I'm trying to put this together with the lyrics to your songs and the concept um, of your album that's going to be coming out. I would say that there have definitely been times that I have felt the pull of like multidimensional beings that I could only consider, you know, entities from different dimensions. Um, as I said, you know, like while I was in sleep paralysis or even dreaming states, um, there were many times where I would hear voices, hear whispering, uh, feel, you know, uh, beings next to me, close to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at first it became, you know, it was very, very terrifying. But as I started to understand what was happening, it kind of became more of a normal happenstance for me. So I kind of just accepted it and acknowledged it. And, um, I noticed for me more more so that it wasn't so much like seeing other entities or anything like that, but just understanding that I was not alone. So you know that there was an ethereal state to things, and there had to be other things, other beings in that place. I would definitely agree with that. I've had like a lot of weird experiences myself without like even the heavier drugs. In fact, I didn't even like the drugs. If you were looking to kind of experience something on the other side or the paranormal, <clears throat> except um, if you're doing psychedelics and that opens up. Well, that's the third my eye. that's my but, next question. But it, can you experience that without that other stuff? Even the not even astral projection, not without you know medication, which is first what you know. He was saying, do you experience anything else, just you, yourself, your your mind, without, oh, like, any other influences, without thinking it's sleep paralysis? Do you think all that stuff, you know, is it really happening? I know for me, personally, um, whether there was medication or anything else involved, I, I felt towards a much more uncontrollable state that way. It was only when I developed certain techniques under a sober mind that I was able to delve into it much deeper than I ever had before. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. That is extremely interesting. Do you have, like, when you were sober, so <clears throat> what What were the 
experiences that you wouldn't mind sharing? That would, hmm. I guess. I mean. No, not at all. I've had, uh, I've had, <laughs> had a lot of certain And don't be uh, embarrassed about it because we openly no, talk about this stuff. So. Not at all. Um, yeah. I've had the, the few resounding circumstances that really stand out is like uh, the perpetual dream cycle where I've had uh, going into sleep paralysis, I would, you know, I would stop myself and, you know, force, I guess, the energy of my body into a focal point and allow myself to become that part. And it would take me into lucid dreaming. The difference was, is, uh, you know, where lucid dreaming is you have full control of the dream. Uh, I, you know, I had full control of my conscious nature, but the dream itself was uncontrollable. And how I can explain this is like, say, uh, I remember one where my, my, you know, I was in my room and the door is on my left side, but I would go into the dream and the door would be on my right side. And I'd go to open it and it would, you know, expand into this, you know, gigantic world pretty much that I could only imagine would be, you know, built by my subconscious. And I was able to go through it asking questions and getting answers from, I would only think of myself or potentially what other entities would live in that ethereal realm. And uh, waking up from that dream, I would still be in the state of sleep paralysis and going back to sleep, I would then enter the exact same moment of the exact same mm. dream. That's happened to me uh, multiple times. I actually... So you're talking... About a month ago, Oh yeah, okay. just about a month ago, I actually happened. Uh, it was it was more of a, a nightmare circumstance, but um, I definitely at one point in time, you know, uh, had about four dreams in one night that were extremely vivid. And you know, while they were terrifying dreams, the thing that stood out to me the most is every time I woke up, um, I felt a presence in the room with me mm. every single time. Now, uh, now, now, is this is this a you, reoccurring terror? Yes, uh, I wouldn't say reoccurring necessarily, but uh, what what stood out to me is the people that were in it. Um, those were reoccurring. Um, it was always a man and a woman. Uh, I would always feel that they were a couple, that they were together, and that they always meant me harm. Um, every single time, they were in a different circumstance in the dream, whether it was them by themselves or them leading a group of people against me. Uh, but every single time I woke up, um, I would, like, I remember the first time I woke up, I felt this just malicious mm. that something was there with me. Did it smell and, really bad, too? Or was it something, you think it's something completely else? I don't know. I, 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 I couldn't say that I, there was a smell or anything like that. I do know that I was not in paralysis. I could move. And I had control of my body. Um, once I went back to sleep, though, I entered the same moment at the end of the first dream. And that happened four times in the same night. And that was, uh, that was a pretty intense one. <laughs> Influence-wise, who are, uh, or what are your, some of your favorite, uh, let's say, not occult, but uh, I wouldn't say horror, but who who are some of the writers that actually influenced your life that might have actually uh, developed into your subconscious? Do you think? You know, I I can't actually tell you that I have any like strong occultic influences uh, per se. Like everything that I looked at, um, I so 
so growing up, I did martial arts for most of my life. Right. Um, I was very big into Eastern mythology, so for me, it was like ancient Taoism, uh, Kundalini awakenings, uh, methods and techniques based off that. So it's more of just ancient writings that I kind of stumbled upon, and then from there, it was teachers that I had in my life at the time that were able to kind of guide me and push me towards different methods and techniques as to develop those. Now, is there a different mythology according to Eastern and Western towards the uh, to the realm of uh, dreams, do you think? You know, um, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a difference in that, but there's a difference in how we correspond ourselves to the dreams. Uh, Eastern mythology definitely has a more neutral pattern towards it, taking in the good and the bad of it, and understanding that each one of these has a benefit to understanding yourself, where Western mythology definitely has a more subjective good versus evil persona to dreams. And, uh, you know, while that does affect the, the person, it's solely, I, I have noticed that it's solely based off the ego, the superego, and the id. Ah. And, uh, and from there, you know, when you're able to acknowledge that objectively, it tends to change every aspect of how it happens. Okay, well, tell me about this track that I'm going to play in a minute. This, uh, the, you're, you're working on this album, and you've been writing the books. And tell me about this track and where it's developing into the world of dreams and uh, where it's bringing you right now. Absolutely. So Path of the Hero was actually the first basis for how we started developing the story concept itself. We had developed uh, these two characters, the Traveler and the Dark Traveler, and at birth, uh, they were one being split into two by this timeless entity called the Shar. The Shar is kind of like our persona of all that is the unknown in the world. Not necessarily the dark or the evil, and while human, the abstract human concept could look at it as evil, it is something past human understanding. So we have to take that into consideration. But the Traveler and the Dark Traveler are literally the ego and the id of the human psyche. So in the beginning of that, they're split into two. Path of the Hero is the standpoint that both of them have this idea, have this mindset that what they are doing is the path set forth for them to fulfill their destiny. Now, personally, for me, when I wrote this song, um, it was for me to kind of bring this more uplifting mannerism. You know, uh, a lot of people in metal, they tend to be uh, much more negative, much more downtrodden in how they write their lyrics and bring their standpoints to their audience, where I kind of like to be driving and uplifting in everything that I do. While there is darkness, do not have to be driven by that. While there is light, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a focal point of what you look for. What you need to look for, though, is the destiny set before you, the path of the hero. And when you choose to walk that, that middle path, that focal point, it will open up every path for you. So you're talking about walking the path of the yin and the yang. Exactly. The middle of it, though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, not, not, yeah. Not yin, not yang, not not good or light, but what is meant for you. No, that's just like the Buddhist teaching about uh, stringing a guitar. If you, if the string is too tight, 
the string breaks and there's no music so there's no dance and if there's uh-huh. if the string is too loose there's no vibration and the string won't play and then there's no music and you have to find the happy medium between the two exactly and you know like uh so we had a uh we had a lyrical video made for uh past the hero it's actually on youtube right now if you go on stepping sideways past the hero on youtube you'll, you'll see it and we have this uh this full concept lyrical video set up and it's actually the first basis for how we were going to project the story out and you know it's through multiple worlds multiple dimensions and uh, i talk about parallel ones. dimensions a lot because i believe in that <laughs> I, I do too yes I, I oh my god i knew we were gonna be best friends uh, the moment we started talking <laughs> i know right yeah I, I definitely feel that there are many levels to what we perceive as reality and all of those levels on different standpoints tend to affect it's just how we affect them also. And uh, with Path of the Hero, that was definitely like my first breakthrough into the story concept of understanding that while, you know, there might be this prime dimension, there might be this prime level and layer that we can like corsicate influence through, that every different shade, every different layer is a focal point, a turning point for you to change something for the better in your life. And when he was, um, when Elder was talking about, like, you know, an occult, you know, like, who would be, like, your inspiration and that type of, and I was thinking of Aleister Crowley, because he believed in the different realms of, you know, the angels and, you know, all those dimensions of it, and he practiced his... What do they call it? It wasn't. It wasn't Enoch. Not Enoch. I mean, what? You talk, you're, th- you're thinking of yeah. John D. John D. Uh, was no, the no. Yeah, I'm thinking of that. But he he did a different type of magic. Uh, Alistair Crowley, and he went completely insane. And he had his own organized. He got kicked out of one, and he went completely insane. I believe with all the traveling you, he did. Are you, are you trying to put me on the spot right now? Trying to remember what kind it is. <laughs> No. It's called Thelemic. Okay, yeah, but I was thelemic. also reading about it. Yeah, some, yep. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm an encyclopedia of useless information. I am too, and you keep interrupting me. I'm in the middle of my Aleister Crowley. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Excuse me. <laughs> Anyways, I believe that he, because he said he traveled to those realms, and he just he got worse and um i believe that he went insane because he didn't protect himself and in the order that he was in before he was kicked out there was a guy surprisingly he you know died whatever disappeared whatever he um he was always very stern to you know the high orders that we have we have to protect these people who are traveling in the realms, oh, absolutely. because uh, you know, something will happen, and what, and they didn't want that, so they were protecting something, and he ended up like, so that's what I'm saying. I, and then Alistair left. Huh. I believe that's what happened. And then Al left, and I know that he had his own order, but then th- things got kind of out of control, and he kind of went crazy. And like reading more and more into it, it just like reading more of it is very intense. <laughs> and oh, you're talking about realms of it. I believe that he went to different parallel dimensions or different realms of the earth of, you know, the other side too. He believed in it. I, I, so I, I could definitely tell you that. Um, I mean, if you look at any religion or, or practice teaching, they all believe in it. I mean, if you look at Christianity, Christianity believes in, you know, different realms. Exactly. 
that put forward that, that we are not meant to be in. While if you were to go to like Kabbalism, Kabbalism believes in the Merkaba where there is literally a vehicle of energy of light that you are able to, you know, uh, foc- focalize with your, with your being and travel between the dimensions. You know, Luciferianism believes that there's uh, abilities to astral project. Taoism believes that, yeah. you know, a Taoist wizard is able to move between the different worlds, the different cosmic hells, and to, you know, talk to the, the, the Yomi kings to, to do his bidding, uh, you know, for a price. I mean, there's every single religion, every single teaching talks about the different dimensions of reality. Even science, you know, pseudoscience has the 12 dimensions of reality where quantum physics comes into play, quantum entanglement, yep. you know, comes into play. So it's definitely a reality. It's, it's just understanding it, knowing it. That's really the problem that we Yeah. Well, in the defense of all the insane people out there, uh, one thing I learned from H.P. Lovecraft is it takes an insane person to an understand an insane world. And it also yeah. takes one to know one. So when people are saying, you're crazy, really, so how would you know? Yeah, that's a blessing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. It's actually really funny that you bring H.P. Uh, Lovecraft up because... Uh, H.P. Lovecraft, like Call of Cthulhu, was like one of one of the biggest inspirations for our novel, The Shards. Nice, dude. There you go again. There you're throwing you in, you're throwing more Jam into an interview. No, it's okay. Yeah. He's super cool. <laughs> that we have, and it's actually separate beings. Uh, in the beginning of the story, uh, in our time period, um, the scientists of our world created this AI that was meant to gather all knowledge of the universe. Ultimately, it came in contact with the Shard, and the Shard possessed it. It became this world eater. So, on the physical realm. The shard itself is this giant cosmic world eater that you know is bigger than any solar system in the in the universe, and it persists and moves through you know the universe, destroying. And in the manifest of the dimensional realms, the shard is this ever changing being that has persisted throughout time. And what is my DJ handle? Elder sign. Elder realm. No, it's elder, elder sign. sign yeah. <laughs> elder no, sign. Where did that come from? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that's Cotter right there. We're going to listen to the path of the hero. We'll be right back to say bye-bye. And let's do this real quick before I run out of time and before Aaron kicks me off the air. Uh, you're in the Sandman lullaby here on RPA.
is so good. It's Cotter. Really good. <laughs> Cotter, Cotter, Cotter. I think Cotter. we just like creamed our pants. That was oh, so I'm good. Glad you guys like it. Yeah. Uh, give me some contact information before we go and I set the world free. Uh, let them know where they could reach you at. Absolutely. So you guys can check us out at Facebook, uh, Stepping Sideways. Just go ahead and search bar, pop that up. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that you guys can subscribe to, Stepping Sideways, our single with our lyrical videos, Pass the Euro. Go ahead and take a search on that. We're on every uh, we're on every media platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Anything you guys want to search us up. And uh, if you're looking for booking information, our our Gmail account is Stepping Sideways at 504, Stepping Sideways 504 at gmail.com. You guys can email us, hit us up. Let us know what you think. If you like us, if you want to book us, we're open to booking anywhere in America. So, Cotter, dude, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was, I mean, this has been an exciting thing, especially when you start hitting on HP Lovecraft at the very end of the interview. <laughs> what you said, I had to throw it in, man. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, well, I could talk about Lovecraft forever. Uh, thank oh, yeah. you. I'd like to thank Luscious Lady Lisa mm-hmm. for uh, staying in here in the studio with us, even though everything was going wrong, and I'm blaming her for it anyways. <laughs> you can blame me for anything. It's okay. But it was oh so right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it it's always so, is. Especially for an old guy like me. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, on Monday, you're going to have Aaron Hunter, and that's uh, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. On Tuesday, you got uh, Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron he basically uh, watches horror movies and reads horror stories, so you don't have to because, you know, some of them really suck out there. And on Wednesday, you have Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, that's Patrick Sean Jones, otherwise known as Elder Sign. You could reach me at sandmanlullaby at gmail.com. Once again, that's Cotter. He's with Stepping Sideways. That's Luscious Lady Lisa. And as always, you have been in the Sandman Lullaby. Ha, 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 ha.